you this morning. Sleep, thank you. Everyone values a bit of sunshine. Sun, fans. Ah, oh, I'll be a fan, Louise. <laughs> yes, aircon. Yes. Yeah. It's going to get warmer and warmer. So sunshine, sleep, fans, coolant, anything else you value. Friends. Thank you for being a friend. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Friends. What else do you value? People. Food. Thank you. Amen to that. Svet's like, yes, feed me. <laughs> music. Yeah. I often just love getting lost in music. Um, I was in the, my summer house yesterday. The music was blaring and uh, I still managed to fall asleep. So. <laughs> so I love music and sleep. So that was a blessing. Anything else that you... Sorry? Laughter. It's good to laugh, isn't it? It's, it's such a gift, laughter, and we should be always going after laughter. Um, I, I often like having laughs with people. One of the greatest laughs I tend to have is with Joan. Because <laughs> um, she, she's quite unexpected. Even though I know Joan quite well, she's got, she's got a sharp sense of humour. Uh, and I, I really appreciate it. Also, I was um, round at Brad and Jude's this week. Uh, I'm blessed to be invited to their house uh, to eat. Uh, but we always laugh, don't we? We always have a giggle. And, you know, it's just them times and moments in the week where you can uh, go after those things. I know other things get in the way of that. But we shouldn't act uh, with the mindset of living without it. But this week I want to talk about the value of mission. We are called to a mission. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's got a plan and a purpose because God has a plan and a purpose for you. And we want to encourage you this morning because one of the things that we should be valuing is the mission. God's mission, God's calling on your life. Now, I'm just going to quickly recap over the other things that we've spoken about. No, I'm not. I'm going to get you to do it to see if you've even been listening. So the first week we looked at the value, it was... No. Spend time with God. Remember, we kicked it off on Father's Day. So we said, spending time with your Father God. Why? Because... Jesus did it. We encourage you to climb the mountain. Get away. Be purposeful. Have your sights set on God. The next week was truth. True. Correct. We should value truth. I know that sounds an odd thing to say, but in a world full of confusion, we need to know what is truth. I remember I quoted um, that saying that if we don't stand for something, we can fall for anything. So it's important to know what you consider as truth and stand firm in the truth. 
then what do we speak about? Hey, well done, Joan. We should value church. Church is family. Church is you. So if you start complaining about church, you're complaining to yourself. Consider that one. <laughs> but we should value church because God values church. That's who Jesus is coming back for. Those that are saved. That's his church. If you know and love Jesus, he's coming back for you. Woo! I can't wait. I cannot wait. I am looking forward. But I know my time's not yet. So this week we're looking at mission. I'm going to use a famous passage and you'd be thankful. This should be relatively short and straightforward. I don't want to tax you because your brains might be already turning to mush as it gets warmer and warmer. But I'm going to be reading from uh, Matthew 28. Verse 16, the Great Commission. I know there's other things, uh, other parts of the Bible we can draw out in this, but this is our mandate. This is what God has commanded us to do. So I'm just going to read. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 onwards. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey my command. I have given you, and be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You notice that Jesus calls them up the mountain. He's separated them from the hustle and bustle of villages, towns, cities, distractions of jobs, food, and everything else. He's called them up the mountain to be with him, to receive this message and this command of go and make disciples that's a kind of big moment it's a significant moment but it's not a one-off moment and this is where I want to start that when I was talking about being with God one of the things that he will do as you spend time with God was tell you where to go next he will reaffirm your calling and your mission who you should be praying for, who you should be calling or emailing or knocking on the door of. That it's important that we constantly climb the mountain to understand what God wants us to do. It's not just a one-off thing. 
it's a daily process and I think that's a good place to start if anything else that you hear this morning my challenge to you is make sure that you are spending time with God to give him the glory to be in his presence and feel that peace but also to receive your marching orders for the day and often I don't know about you but as, as a man, a man of faith, I often want to know, well, what's, what's the big thing? What's the next big thing, God? What, where am I going to make a real difference? And that does come, but often what God gives me is something small. Something small to work on. Like, just text this person. Or, I just want you to be alone, be quiet, and pray for the church. And I allow the Holy Spirit to press your names and your faces into my heart. And I'll pray. And that's sometimes all I get to do. And sometimes I can get frustrated with that. But I've got to be faithful. I've got to be faithful. So if anything, if you forget anything else this morning, being faithful with the small things, climb the mountain. Spend time with God and ask him what he wants you to do. And don't be disappointed if he just gives you something small. Have I told you the man and the peanut story? No. It's a true story. So, uh, you've heard this one, and he's nodding. So there's this guy, he's a, he's a very intelligent guy, he's an American um, and he was success in lots of things, and he was a great man of faith. Can't remember his name, but his name's not important. The story's important. So as a man of faith, a learned man, a mature Christian, he went to God, and he said, God, show me, tell me, teach me the mysteries of the universe. Do you want to hear God's reply? And I quote, this is God, little man, you cannot comprehend the magnificence of the universe and my part in that. What I am giving you is a peanut. A peanut. Can you imagine this man of faith, he must have felt squashed and a peanut. I was after the answers of the universe. Unravel the mysteries before me. And what's God given me? A peanut. He went away. He probably felt a bit disillusioned. But he still had his peanut. He clinged on to it. And over time, he started to think, okay, God, you give me a peanut. So he started to break this peanut down. Scientifically. He started to find out what it's made of, what, what makes this peanut, what chemicals that he could make, uh, draw from it, and what, what purposes they have. He spent the next 30 years of his life working on this peanut. 
and he came up with over 130 different inventions and uses from a peanut. One of them being peanut butter. Hey, hallelujah! Who knew peanut butter came from God? And as he was um, drawing to the end of his life, he was asked about this peanut that God gave him. And he said, I haven't even scratched the surface of what is possible to pull out of a single peanut. So if God, you go up the mountain and God gives you a peanut, don't underestimate it. Spend time on it. Work on it. Like I'm working on my neighbours. Be persistent. You don't know what's going to happen. But why should we do these things? Why should we be called into mission? Well, very quickly. It grows your relationship with God. If you've got a mission from God, you're going to need to spend time with God. That's the most important thing. It also grows your faith. Because one day God might give you a peanut. Next day, he might give you a bag of Haribo. I don't know. But as your faith grows, he will put more into your hands, onto your lap. So it grows your faith as well as growing your relationship. It also grows your character. Your character is important to God because he wants you to be more like his son, full of compassion, grace, mercy, power, authority. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? All authority I've been given, has been given to me, now I'm giving it to you. But you have to grow that. It's important, the wise. Yes. You also need to grow and exercise your anointing, your gifts. How many people can play an instrument? Or wanted to play an instrument, bought an instrument, and it's gathering dust. How many times have I heard that? Kieran's like, yep. If you put something on your heart and you just do it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but then it goes back into the cupboard or gathers dust somewhere, you're not growing what God has put on you. It's important that you exercise your gifts, your talents. However big and small you may think it is. Just remember that peanut story. You may not think that your gifts is, is, is what you want or is good or as big as someone else's, but it's not about someone else primarily. It's about you and him and what God has given you. Does everyone know the story of the talents? I link that directly to mission and growing the person who you are. That's the why. It keeps us focused, it keeps us sharp, it keeps us close to God, and it makes us more like Jesus. So that's the why. But what is mission? 
And this is where we really get excited. Because mission gives us a, a direction. If we don't know why we're here, why we're here? What's the purpose of it? Beyond just our personal relationship. And there's three basic areas that God lays out. And I'm going to go through them now. So the first one is make. Everyone say make. Excellent. Go make what? A mess? Disciples. We're called to make disciples. How do you do that? Words, thank you very much. Your words matter. Your words have power. Your words might not be always eloquent. Sometimes you might think, I'm just speaking and nothing's going in. But your words matter. I know this because I remember some of the words my dad told me. And they're not very encouraging. But them, them words matter. And even though I've forgiven him, I still can hear some of the things he used to say about me. Not very nice things, but that's just my point. Words matter. Whether they're good or bad, words matter. Your words matter. So, thank you, Roberta. What else? Living, being, what you do and how you do it matters how you conduct yourself so you don't engage in gossip that you're always welcoming you're always hospitable you always take time for people you're willing to listen as well as invest the simple things that we can overlook too easy we may be looking at what do I need to invite them to or I need to get the Bible underneath them. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. First, you just need to allow your character or your influence character through the Holy Spirit. Speak and be. So what you do is important and how you do it. Anything else? So words, actions. Relationships. Absolutely. Being faithful and loyal to a person. Not just... Sometimes you come across people and it's just a... You know you're not going to meet them again. And you can encourage them and bless them. But more often than not, God calls us to be with people like he calls us to be with him. And that takes effort and time and persistence and patience <laughs> so yes anything else sorry Roberta yes being kind so that's going back to your deeds and actions isn't it so your words matter your deeds matter your relationship matters your faith matters. Luke. Offering out 
Ah, thank you. You've hit it. Your character. Because people may like what you say. They might have admiration for what you have done or do do. But it's your character. There'll be something about you, Karen, that will be attractive to someone else. And they'll want to spend time with you. You may not want to spend time with them, but they will. <laughs> but we shouldn't underestimate just your character, the way you carry yourself. There's something that we are naturally attracted to each other. And it's not always physical. Physical uh, sometimes is part of that. You know, but it's not always that. There's something about Joan, something about Brad, something about Louise that will attract different people to them. And it might be because you like the same things or, you know, you, you carry similar interests. It doesn't matter, but your character, who you are, is attractive. And this is part of how we make disciples is being attractive because hopefully ultimately what who they see in you is God it's Jesus his qualities working his way out through your everyday life so your ability to smile and make people laugh when they're obviously in a world of pain because you're in a hospital isn't that Christ-like? Because the world will just say, feel miserable and complain. Be angry. But God says, I recognize your pain, but I still expect, I still expect these principles to hold. Sorry, Robert. The heat is coming. So yeah, here's a great opportunity when you're all melting and everyone's getting a bit grouchy. Don't be the grouchy one in the room. Offer the glass of water. Invite someone round to your house if you've got a pool. Or invite yourself round to someone else's house if they've got a pool. Take, take a bottle of Schler. Let's be very Christian about this. Honestly, I was convinced when I first became a Christian that uh, Schler was a non-alcoholic wine that only Christians drank. I was absolutely convinced because every house I went to had a bottle of Schler. And I thought, they used to offer me and I thought, no, I'm not, if I'm going to drink wine, it's going to be proper. No one on this non-alcoholic. I didn't realize it was a fizzy drink, honestly. I was convinced. I was convinced of it. I don't think it, until I went to the supermarket and saw it in like the pop and fizzy aisle that it was like, ah. Oh. No, no, yeah. I thought there's some like special Christian website that some Christians are pressing grapes and stuff like that and extracting the sin out of this wine. <laughs> Honestly, that was my anyway. <laughs> but even that tells a story, doesn't it? Because I was around Christians, I was a new Christian, and I was impressed even what they were drinking impressed on me. 
That's, that made it a making of me. Just being around them, seeing how they eat, how they talk to each other, how they interacted, how they encouraged me or listened to me. Make. The second thing is Mark. Jesus says, go make disciples and mark them. Brad's like, what? Mark? What? <laughs> Meant to draw all over them. <laughs> draw a cross on them. Yes. Not the, oh, iron. <laughs> that's, a, that's scolding, isn't it? <laughs> Maz was like, what? We, we called to mark them. Mark them through baptism. That's what he was talking about. That washing clean. But if you only have a bath once, what's going to happen? You're going to get dirty again. And that's why, that's just like sin. We, we know we're washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. You know that we are clothed in white. That God has made us right with God. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to need a wash again. Each day we're going to do something that is going to stain us. And we need to be continually going to God and asking for forgiveness. When Jesus was on earth, he talked a lot about the kingdom of God. His life and his actions showed people who he was. His words were full of authority. They said even said about his words we've never heard a man speak like this because he speaks a man like with authority but he also talks about repentance constantly constantly Jesus got baptized did he need to get baptized probably not when he went to John in the river John said to him, John the Baptist, Lord, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus said, it's okay. This is the way the Father wants it. And then the Holy Spirit fell on him. So when we are making disciples through our character, we should be looking to mark them, looking to bring them to Repentance. Before God, not before us. They might confess something to you, and that's great, and you can pray for them, but really what you want is for them to be washed with the blood of Christ. And I know that's quite a brutal and ugly picture, but that's what it's about. It's about your character impressing on their character, opening conversations because your words matter. They will take as much interest in you, in you as you as in them. <laughs> but that's where we want to get to, isn't it? That's that is a major step for anyone to recognise that they need to be washed clean. So you need to make mark. Let's say that together. Make mark. The last one. And this is where we struggle, I feel, as a church. And not just this church, I'm talking the world, the church, not a church, the church. 
is mature. Make Mark mature. When you hear that word, what pictures come into your mind? Cheese. The cheese, okay. In the context of faith. What would nonchalant? Something that keeps on lasting and lasting. Growing. Developing. Can you say, I'm a bit deaf this morning, Roberta. Go to the Father very often like Jesus did, praying. Yep. Anything else? Increasing faith. That's an interesting one. I'll come back to that. It's a good one. Deepening your relationship with God. Deepening your relationship with God. Become wiser. Become wiser. Mm. Oh, brilliant. And I think uh, what Joan said and um, Louise said is an interesting one about faith and maturing and growing and how do you do that how do you deepen i can spend time with god but often i don't feel like i come out any more maturer it's stepping out and, and it's the, the heat's getting too high. Well, hopefully the spiritual heat is raising in this place. See, see what I did there? As well as the physical heat. Um, yeah. Taking, stepping out. If you want to grow as a Christian, you need to step out. We need to step out. And when we sometimes step out, I want, I want to imagine a picture that you wake up in the morning and you've got branches shooting off all over you. Some of them are mature, some of them are small. So you've got small branches and mature branches. You dust yourself off, you look yourself in the mirror, you pray to God, God, use me today. Use me to bring glory to your name. You turn round, you go out to get, uh, go out the, go look to go out the uh, bedroom, and then, dush, dush. You can't get through the door because some branches won't fit through that door. So you've got a choice. You either go back to bed to spend time with God. You might think that's the, a good and holy thing to do. And it is. Or you ask God to say, come and clip me. I need to get out. I need to be pruned. The thing is, is that when you prune a plant, and if you prune it correctly and release it into the right environment, it will blossom and bloom. 
And this is where I, this is the picture of the the church that I have. That there is a mature tree and it's got small shoots and it's got big branches. But it's been unpruned. And it can't move out of the room that it's trapped in. It can't physically get through the door. If we want to mature ourselves and we want others to benefit from that fruit, that blossom, sometimes we need to ask God to come and prune us, to encourage new growth, but also to release us into a new environment. Now, you can think of that as a big thing. So, God, the question is like, God, am I in the right place? Am I being pruned? Am I blossoming? Or do I just feel trapped here? Should I be somewhere else? Are you calling me somewhere else? Are you calling me to different people, different job, different location? That's the biggest stuff that sometimes we ask ourselves. But often, it's the small day-to-day stuff. Like, your habits. Are you being pruned in areas of your life like how much time you spend on tinternet, playing games? Are you willing for God to come and cut some of these things out? Are you spending too much time hovering around the fridge rather than walking outdoors? Are we offering that up as a place of God, I want to mature, I want to grow. Are you spending more time with one person than you should? That's another tricky area, isn't it? Are you investing more into a relationship than you should? Because this person makes you feel good or they, they just give you what you need when you need it. But actually, you're not really growing. These are the more tricky questions. I feel like the bigger question is where I am, what am I supposed to be doing? Are easier to answer than the smaller stuff that we can do day to day. And if we want to mature if you want to see the church mature, if you want to see the fruit of the kingdom of heaven, then it's got to start with us. We need to be willing to be pruned so we can be released into a new environment and see the fruit of that. And then when you do it for yourself, then you can do it for others. It's hard sometimes. Oh, okay, I'll give my own experience. When I first became a Christian, I found that there was quite a few people that wanted to become my mentor, wanted me to stand underneath their wing so they can help me mature. And I think it was out of the right place. And then, you know, I did get a lot of good stuff from it. But the After a few years, I felt it stagnated. And I was like, God, you know, I'm 
spending time with these people. I'm looking to them and I'm trying to action the words that they have instilled in me because they were maturer than me in their faith. But I realized I got to a point where it was just, it was just one-way traffic that actually I had changed, but they hadn't. They stayed still, so I actually benefited from their maturity, but it got to a point where I had overtaken them. And I just felt sad about that. That here's these faithful servants who were looking rightly so to invest their time and their wisdom into a young Christian. And I was actioning it and trying to put that into work and being pruned. But they forgot to do that themselves. They forgot to do that themselves. And I wish, knowing what I know now, that I would have gone back to them and tried to encourage them to say, well, is there areas in your life that we can be working on together rather than just you telling me what I need to do and learn? That it's more of a two-way thing. But I think in my heart and hearts, if I'd have done that, they would have been offended. I think they would have been offended. Because if they really, truly wanted to mature, they would have been doing it already. Really. If they would class themselves as mature Christians, and I think it's easy to stagnate on this. And I feel like I'm stagnating a bit at the moment. That I'm looking to see growth in you guys, but I've given up on myself. You know, I'm willing to give good advice. And I'm even willing to hear good advice, but I'm not sure that I'm applying it. And I'm not being pruned and I'm not maturing. And I can tell when it happens because I spend more time watching TV. I struggle going to bed. I'm not spending as much time as I did reading the Word or praying. I can tell. And I've got to be honest with myself. But the, th the biggest thing is I just feel trapped. And I'm like... Uh, 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 uh. And I'm just waiting for the next big thing to come along. And I've been reminded about that this week, that actually, if I'm going to make disciples, if I'm going to mark them, then I need to continue to be working on my own maturity. If I want you to grow, I need me to grow. You need me to grow. I need all of you to grow for me to grow, and you need me to grow for you to grow. Did you get that? Go on then. Me to grow to you to grow for me to grow to you grow. There we are. And that's, that's, the, that's the other challenge, isn't it? If you want to mature, if you want to grow, if you want to see the church be the church that we all want it to be, again, it starts with you. And us. Because God has called us together. And we can encourage each other. And we can hopefully be a family where we can challenge each other. 
so we can sidle up to someone and say, you're all right. And they say, yeah. And you can say, I don't think you are. And let me tell you why I think you don't are. And you don't know. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. It doesn't matter. The matter is the intention of love and wanting the best for that person. And hopefully that person wants the best for you. And sometimes we just need to get away from the niceties and just say, come on, we've got this because God's got it. So we need to make, we need to mark, and we need to mature. That's our mission. And it's much about you as it is our neighbor, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. It's about you and your household and your family as much as it is about your work. It's about you and your desires as much as it is about your cash flow. It's about you and your community as much as it is about the nation and the world. Make, mark, mature. But if anything else, if God gives you a peanut, be faithful with that. Start with you. Climb the mountain. Stand for the truth. Love God's people with the hope that they're going to love you back to help you grow. So, in that moment, which we all hope for, where you get to share a bit of your faith, a bit of your story or God's story in you, that, that can make a real difference to that person in front of you. For the glory of his name, shall we pray? God, I just thank you that you know us inside out. You know the big things and the small things. Help us never to lose sight of the big things, but more importantly, help us never to forget the small things, the everyday stuff. Lord, help us, through the power of your Holy Spirit, go make, mark, and mature Christians, make disciples, but also not forgetting that we are your sons and daughters. And if there's anything, Holy Spirit, in this moment, in this time right now, that we know in our heart of hearts needs to be cut off, needs to be pruned. So that we can continue to grow and mature ourselves. Will you come and cut it off in your mighty and gentle name? Amen. Thank you, Gavin, for that encouragement. So let's be looking for opportunities this week to make disciples, to mark them, and to mature. So let's be asking God for where do we need to be pruned? 
where can we step out? Um, I think that brings our service to a close, unless somebody tells me anything different. Uh, have we got any notices for this week that we need to make people aware of? We've got choir on this Thursday here at 7.30. All welcome, even if you've not been before, come along, it's loads of fun. On the 20th of August at the Buttershaw Youth Centre, we're doing a family music day. The uh, community choir are going to be performing. Well, they will be performing, but this is going to be a day from 12 to 4 uh, o'clock, full of activities. But the main purpose is to draw all the people in to raise the profile of the youth centre, but also I'm going to be asking for service providers to come and share what's going on. There is so much going on from activities to help and support and so much more. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this day. Um, but also, if you're able to give a one hour for volunteering, help out maybe manning a bouncy castle or uh, an area or just going around speaking to people. So there's also going to be a car boot sale there so you can bring some pennies, ice cream van, lots of uh, different stuff. So imagine what we did here uh, for the Jubilee but just a little bit bigger uh, with the intention of really engaging with the community. Maz is putting it in her phone now. So. <laughs> if you want a table, 10 pounds uh, for uh, Fab, thank you. Um, and as we can see on here, we've got our Heroes Day that Gav mentioned earlier on. So if you're able to give an hour or a couple of hours to help out with that, I'm sure that would be appreciated. Um, but also be praying for it. Be praying for our young people um, as they have an opportunity to gather together and have some more focused time hearing about God and doing some fun activities. Um, and then also holiday clubs coming up, so please be praying for that. Um, and if they're... Uh, clean milk bottles. A request for clean plastic milk bottles. Any size? Do they need to be the four-pint ones? All, all milk, clean milk bottles are accepted. <laughs> okay, lovely. So we've got some tea and coffee. Please be welcome to stick around. But if you're not able to join um, and have a chat with somebody over a cup of tea, then have a fabulous week. Let me send you out with some words from Matthew 5. It says, let your light shine before men and women, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So... Let that be a blessing for you. Go out, have a great week. Stay safe in the heat um, and blessings to you all. There is cake, just to repeat, there is cake.